Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. First of all, what we'll do with the first part of this show is to tell you who we are and what we're attempting to do. Victory Over Sin is actually funded by an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho. And what we attempt to do is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated and to come out of incarceration and survive in community on parole. Uh, We do that in several different ways. Certainly one of them is this radio show, which been, we have been doing actually for over six years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL, you can look up all the past shows and you'll find all sorts of people there in terms of every director, uh, former director of the Department of Corrections. We've got state senators. We've got a national senator. We've got a governor. We've got people who've come right out of prison and come into the studio and shared with us. We even have one gentleman who is actually on his way back into prison and he came in right before he went back into prison. So we've got a real good body of work, if you will, as you go back through the archives and find out about the Department of Corrections here in Idaho and how it works. Uh, So take a look at it. We're proud of it, and we'll be happy to support you in that vein. In addition to that, we also do a, a PowerPoint presentation that we will be happy to come out and share with your church, with your service group, with your neighborhood association. And it is consists of a 20-minute PowerPoint presentation that's led by a returning citizen themselves. And they'll come out and share the PowerPoint and then sit around with you and answer questions about life after incarceration. At the end of the show, I'll let you know how to get in touch with me so that you can reach out and connect with us in terms of any connections on any of those resources. And we'll be happy to do that. In addition, if you've been listening to me over the period of the last couple of years, You know that we've grown tremendously in impact in the Treasure Valley. We have two locations now to greet people on their first day out of incarceration. One is at 3217 Overland Road, and that's in Boise, Idaho. The other is in Canyon County, and that one is actually inside probation, District 3's probation and parole office. Uh, We also have a Fairview uh, office where the administration of St. Vincent de Paul is at, and that's where we keep all of our our people who work in the employment field. So, We've got a lot of, certainly, situations that can help you or a loved one coming out of incarceration. If you need information about that, probably the best place to go is to www.svdpid.org. And at that point in time, you can connect up with those resources, and we'll be happy to support you in any way, shape, or form. Uh, It's December, and so if you're in the desert and you're thinking about us, it's time to start thinking about cookies, because we are in the process of gathering all the cookies that we're going to take out to the institution, it's called Cookies for Corrections. Uh, during the week of the 12-18, you should receive cookies from St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, we're in the process of collecting all those now, so I've been all week up to my earlobes and cookies and stacking them and putting them together. We will actually go into three of the facilities this year. 
We're going to go into Max like we always do. I think that one's scheduled for the 20th. We're going to go into Siki, which is the uh, the farm, and we're going to do that for the first time on uh, Tuesday night. And then we're going to go into South Women's on Thursday at 10 o'clock, which is also a new one for us. So you're going to see volunteers. They're going to give you a bag of cookies and say Merry Christmas. God bless you. Looking forward to that. And so watch out for that. Uh, I'm excited. we got a new guest that uh, I have just recently met. We're going to talk about his program, what he's doing exciting here in the Treasure Valley in just a second. Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000. Canada's 104 people per 100,000, and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL 941 The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank. Okay, like I said, we just met, uh, I just met this gentleman, and it's kind of exciting to see new people, new faces, and new energy come to the Treasure Valley. Jesse, tell me your last name so I don't mess it up. Asoao. Asoao. Well, I probably would have blown that. Yeah, it's like awesome and wow without the, you know, without the W. I love it. I love it. it. You're the co-founder and director of Life by Death Movement. That's correct. Here in the Treasure Valley. So congratulations on that and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's based off of the Life by Death Movement. It's based on Romans 8, 13, correct? That is correct. Explain why you chose that. Uh, We chose that. You know, there was a lot of, there are many different verses in the Bible that resound and sing out to me of Christ's love for this one, you know, being an ex, you know, offender myself, uh, you know, an ex-incarcerated inmate, pretty much, you know, Romans eight thirteen. it's, you know, if you live by the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit, you put the deed, the, you put to death, the deeds of the flesh, you will live, you know? So basically off of that, we wanted to kind of come up with a cool street wear, you know, clothing line mm-hmm. that's Christian based that has every, uh, every design that we create is off of a scripture that we have. And it's tied to a devotional that's on our website. And so that when someone wants to wear, you know, something that we've designed, they know that there's a scripture that's attached to it and they can go on and read the devotional. Let's let's start a little bit with your background, birthplace, where you're from and all that stuff. And then we'll get into the, yeah. So, uh, uh, the apparel and all this stuff, which is actually cool. So, yeah. yeah. So birthplace, uh, Orange County, California, um, 1984, you know, um, half American, half Samoan. And, uh, my dad was a rest in peace, was a first generation, you know, citizen you know mm-hmm. here uh you know my grand- grandparents and, and him were what born city in orange county garden grove really mm-hmm. i'm a midway city guy okay believe it or not yeah it? yeah yeah it's fantastic so yeah you know just uh you know growing up there you know mom mom kind of moved us around um into the desert area so i pretty much spent uh my summers there in garden grove with my samoan family mm-hmm. and in the normal years like school years uh, my mom had moved us out to coachella valley which oh, is like okay. palm springs yeah. area yeah yeah so that's pretty much where i did grow up there in, in palm springs area coachella valley that's a real change from uh, uh orange county uh it, the, the nice up everything upscale upscale to idaho how'd you make that change okay well coming to idaho you know um in 2018 i was released out of my last prison term okay and 
you know, they say in a lot of different rooms, like NA rooms, AA rooms, that people, places, and things, right, are, are the yeah, number num- one of the number one causes that you can go back and, uh, you know, relapse or, you know, going back to your old ways, you know. So my wife, uh, my fiance at the time, she's uh, born and raised here in Boise, Idaho, and she said, hey, let's let's do a change. Let's move out there. Let's let's give this a shot, you know, and I think it's going to be good for you, and yeah. it, it has been. Well, as we talk, you and I have all kinds of things in, to- in common, too. It's like... I have been in the state system in uh, California, and uh, that's the same reason I came up here is my wife was raised up here, and she mm-hmm. said, let's go up there. And so that's really, uh, that's very, very interesting. Yeah. Tell me what you thought of the system in uh, California, the prison system. Ooh, man. Because you, you have not been in the prison system here in Idaho, right? I have not. Um, I have had an opportunity to discuss it with a few gentlemen yeah. to kind of just get an idea of how it, how it is here. Uh, because one of the things I first realized with talking with them is that you're not segregated here, yeah, you know? Right. Uh, so that was the biggest thing for me, you know, being, being Samoan, I have to run other, you know, in California, yep. um, which basically puts me in, in like with the others, Asians, um, you know, yeah. Middle Eastern and the, um, they call you know, the African-American, you know, race that that's your group, you know? Right. So you don't, you know, I, I didn't eat with, you know, whites who they call woods. I didn't eat with, you know, Hispanics, what they call Southsiders and stuff like that. So yeah, I think people that don't, uh, the, and there's people listening to us that are living in the desert who do not understand that. And obviously I was, I was, I did two, two year terms in California. So I wasn't in a tremendous amount of time, but it's a very, very different makeup in terms of California prisons, in terms of who you can hang out with, what can you, what you can do and what lines you can cross. And they do not have any of that here. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I think, I can only imagine that if they don't have that here, that's at least has to be a plus for these guys to have some, it's like they already got past that wall at least. Yep. You I know, that's true. There's yeah. some truth to that. There's yeah. some truth to that. Yeah. But in some ways it really does. I know this is, you're listening to me and you're walking around the track or something now and you think you've got it hard, but I'm telling you it's, it was much harder in the uh, California system than it was for me and in the um, state system here in Idaho. I was always, I always had my back in California. I was wondering, where I was standing, what I was saying, I was certainly much more reserved. Yes, I, I came closer and closer to pain and death. I think in the California in the Idaho, in California system than I ever came in Idaho. So it was a really difficult kind of situation. Yeah, no, there was a lot of you know a lot of craziness there. A lot of craziness yes. there. Yes, and it, uh, I think there too, what you don't know, and but is that in California, the uh, inmates ran the system. Uh, staff didn't. Staff just pretty much sat back and, yes. and said, "Go do that." And here, it's much, much different. Staff runs the situation here. It's huh. not it's, so. It's not any way, shape, or form the same. But so you almost had to get along. You didn't have to get along with staff. You had to get along with the key people who were in those key positions. Yes, they were in. They were inmates. Yes, <laughs> that was the that was the lesson. Kind of I learned very, very quickly. Yeah, and you know, be, being half American, uh, my mom, you know, white lady, uh, I had a lot of. And, and going through the prison system, there would be a lot of, you know, I'm just going to say woods because that's what they yeah, call them, you know. Right. There'd be a lot of woods that would, I, I hung out with on the street or I grew up with, you know. And then when once we saw each other again in the prison system, they were wondering why I wasn't running wood, you know. Because they'd always seen me around my, my white mom, my white grandparents. Yep. They never really saw me with my Samoan family. But like I told them, I was like, well, my skin is brown. <laughs> and so that that's a big, you know, you know lockout right there. <laughs> and... uh you know, pretty much when I first went in, they just asked me what my race was. And, and you know, I was 18 when I first got arrested. And yeah. they're like, oh, you're an other. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you're an other. I'm like, okay. So it's just an O on my bracelet. You know what I mean? And when you get in there, you got to tell them you're an other. And that's how they, they pretty much 
make it down. Yeah, that's crazy. I we've probably gone down a rabbit trail, but uh, I appreciate that. Uh, tell so obviously things have changed because you're certainly a man of God now. What brought all that about? Okay, you know, um, brought up in the church, I pretty much would consider myself like a prodigal son, or kind of like in the story of Jonah. You know, the Lord. I being brought up in the church, I knew what I was supposed to do. You know, I I knew I should have always been about His kingdom, and I should have. I should have looked at my life and I should have just grasped onto Jesus and went out and taught him with the charisma and the love that I have in my heart now, but I didn't. You know, um, around 16, I, I just fell off. You know what I mean? I fell off. I had, a, I had my son uh, with, with my son's mom at that time, so we were sophomores in high school, and that just trickled into so much, you know, having to leave high school, having to go try to find jobs, and then when the jobs weren't paying enough, that's just when the, the drug world came around, you know, and I was like, well, I could do this on the side. It always started off with a weekend thing. You know, and then it became a, a full-time thing, and then it became an addiction thing. So, yeah. you know, running away from God had always been bothering me my whole life. Um, in 2018, though, in in uh, I was in Calipatria uh, prison in, in 2018, and California is doing a as they're doing a thing now where they they'll mix a yard. You know, so if there's a general population yard on there, you know, they uh, they come to you and they basically say, "Hey, we're going to be bringing." PC and SNY people, um, PC, uh, PC stands for protective custody and SNY special needs yard. Yep. They're like, we're going to, we're going to, so they pulled half the people off our yard and then gave us a date when they were going to bring in these, you know, PCs and SNY people. So, you know, uh, being a general population inmate in California, you can't mingle with them. And pretty much unless you go at them unless you try to fight them or at any at any time when the gates open if, if you have an opportunity to get at an, an inmate that's from another classification uh you have to you know because if you don't when you go back then you're a target you know um so you know I, I had i had plans i had plans to keep on my my general population clout i had plans on on growing in the crime world you know i, I wanted to get a name for myself because i was like well you know it just i fire i guess i guess the lord doesn't want to use me you know what I mean? I guess I can't be used, you know? And it was so random. Uh, just two weeks before the yard split was also two weeks before my, my release date. So they were basically going to flip the yard about three days before I was supposed to get released, you know? And I was just sitting in the common room and no one was watching the TV. And I just turned the TV on and, and moved the little antenna to a certain spot. And a sermon from Stephen Furtick, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he, mm -hmm. he's a pastor out, out of Elevation Church. Uh, he just a sermon come on and it, he was just talking about anxiety you know but the way he was speaking uh he kind of wore you know he wore baggy pants had like a chain on you know what i mean but it just spoke to me i literally cut through my heart i started having tears in the middle in the middle of this day room because i knew at that moment there's no way i could go through with what i was going to do because at that time i knew that jesus was telling me this is when i'm calling you and i'm calling you now that's cool i love that that's i love that that's fantastic yeah uh, so then, so obviously you didn't go through that and you were released? Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, no, I was released. It was very, very hard, you know, because obviously everyone there asks around, hey, what do you, you know, they want to know what you're going to do. They want to know what the plan is, what the get down is. And so I just had to go to my people. And basically um, at that time, I just had to put myself out there that, hey, I'm not doing this. If anyone wants to, you know, get at me right now, you know, we can fight right now. We can go to the bathroom. We can do whatever, you know, we need to do. Um, because I'm not doing this. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get at me, you better get at me now. You know what I mean? And uh, when the, when the yard split, man, you know, I was uh, myself and this other guy from Thailand were the only others on the yard that 
didn't jump. You know, and, and it was funny, I, out, of, out of thousands of men on that yard, I remember in the room there was 11 of us, you know, just 11 men, two others, which was me and, me and this other guy, um, about four black dudes, and the rest, rest was mixed with, with Woods and, and Hispanic, you know. But it was like 11 guys that day chose not to do this, you know what I mean, not to go out there and hurt these people who have nothing, who had done, had done nothing to me. They, I had nothing against them. I, I didn't even know what their record was, you know. They were just someone from another yard, and I was supposed to get at them. So, you know, we all stood down and we welcomed them in. And, and for the last two days that I was there, I actually got to go to some Bible studies with a couple of these gentlemen. And that's when God kind of really struck my heart again. He said, hey, do you see what I'm saying? You didn't even know. And here you are having Bible study with them. And this is all that you need to do. You know, you yeah. don't need to have hate, hatred towards them. Yeah, I love that. That is absolutely good. Yeah. We were talking before um, we started taping the show today about how difficult our days were. And uh, this, I think, is kind of a, an example for me, at least, in terms of how God every once in a while just reaches out to you and says, I know you've had a hard morning, Mark. Uh, listen, I'm going to put this in front of you. Not only are you going to figure out more about this guy that's from the exact same place you're from, right. who's moved up here, who's done exactly the kind of thing, but we'll have a positive story for you and for the audience. Uh, so uh, I thank you for that. And I think it, we just almost need to recognize the fact that that's God reaching out to Amen. both of us and doing it. So, and it's so neat that we're doing it on a Christian radio station to talk about that because it's just, it's becoming increasingly difficult to have that, to be that voice and to share that voice. Do you find that nowadays and more recently? Or I do find it, um, you know, and you know, it's funny. I, I find it more harder to have that voice like in a business setting, you know, as of, as of late, you know, like when I first had come out to Idaho and I was trying to, you know, just talk to people and stuff, uh, my um my old boss had to pull me aside and say, Hey, you know, I, I got a complaint against you. You were sharing your faith too too loudly. Someone wasn't appreciative of it. I need you to kind of tone it down a little bit, you know. I said, Man, you know, all right, you know, and he's a brother of mine, you know, so we prayed on it together mm-hmm. in his in his office. But I, I I was like, All right, Lord, maybe there's a spot a time and a place, maybe I can't do it like here. But where I've seen it really grow is in the music industry. You know, I, I feel like the music industry right now is really embracing Jesus Christ. And every genre I can think of oh, is, yeah. ha, has Christian artists now that are that are coming out. It seems like weekly there's all sorts of places to go to in terms of King of Country and all the kind of stuff that we're all going to all the time. Yes. So, I mean, it's even more popular than the traditional rock and kind of stuff like mm-hmm. that too. So, yeah, I think that's that's the case. But I still think it's difficult going out into the real world and just kind of sharing every day. And I'd, that becomes more and more, I'm more aware of the, Divide, I guess, maybe okay. as it comes about. But maybe that's just me. Talk about uh, the specifics of your program and what you're attempting to do before I... So the program, you know, the uh, the Life by Death movement, it's, uh, we, you know, we, we have the website out. It's Life by Death Movement or www.lifebydeathmovement.com. And uh, we wanted to, we wanted to build something out that could help fund us in being able, you know, because it costs, you know, it costs, you know, you got to pay for yourself to get places, gas to get places. And, yep. and I, I had no idea on how to do any of this. You know, I just got, I was a drone pilot for the past two years and the Lord had just come to me and said, dude, it's time. You know what I mean? So leaping out of that, I didn't know what to do. So life by death movements up. So we, we, we print, you know, we make designs and we print clothing. We're trying to fund ourselves because ultimately what we want to do is get into the prisons, the jails, have Bible studies with these men. We would like to um, baptize them if that's possible, you know, mm-hmm. and also it's about that reentry, you know, because that first day out, oh my gosh, it's the hardest, you know, oh, yeah, so is, 
uh, I, I have already, I, I, and it was just crazy. I, I, by chance, I was at, you know, the uh, EBT office and I happened to meet a gentleman there and it was his first day out. You know, just got there. And I remember looking like him. I remember mm-hmm. feeling like that. And I remember feeling nervous and scared because what are you supposed to do? So I'm trying to make this movement where people want to jump on to help with these things. You know, I, I know it's it's hard to get, it, well, I, I, I think it's hard to get people to help with an organization that wants to help inmates, you know, because there's kind of a stigma around inmates, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, I think what you need to do in, uh, is to, uh, because a lot of times over the years I've seen a lot of people come in and say, they want to start something and want it to work. And I think what you do is just stick to your focus or your dream and just keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. Okay. And eventually you become successful. It's just what happens. Uh, I think that when we started, it was the same kind of things people thought, you're crazy. What are you doing? And mm-hmm. why are you doing this and what? And uh, th- this will never work. But over time, you become credible. And then, you know, you're to the point where this morning I was in a prison and I'm, they look at me as like, this guy has made it. He's successful. He's kind of gotten out, he's gotten off parole, and he's coming back in to do that. Because I think that that's powerful when you get to go back in, you get to go back in and share, and they say, oh, yeah, look at that guy. He's goofy, and he did it. And yeah. does, so yeah. I can do this too. Exactly. And so, and so that's the example that I think we really need to do. And those are the longer you hang around me, the more you'll understand that that's always what I'm trying to get people to do is to recognize their own story, share their own story, share it with a lot of people, Number one, it's going to be very powerful. And number one, number two, you're going to get much stronger feedback from you because you're honest and because you're that genuine that you will win people over. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So tell me about the the clothing line in terms of how do you do that? Mm. Uh, so we have a screen printing shop uh, mm-hmm. here in Boise. Uh, you know, so just a tr- traditional screen printing style that we put down. We all, also do heat transfers and things like that. But, you know, we kind of, we, I, my, my co, uh, the co-founder Alex Gonzalez, uh, him and I, we, we sit down, we, we go over Bible studies, we um, talk over different scripture, and then he starts to make a design off of the scripture that we've chosen. And so, um, basically, from there, we're like, all right, we, we try to print this up, and you know, we, we mark it on on Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff like that, just to see if anybody wants to rock the clothing. But uh, here locally, we've kind of, we've kind of gotten to a different mode where. Since it's getting close to Christmas, we're going to start doing a bunch of different giveaways and like go down to the skate parks and stuff like that and give away just shirts and, and, and hoodies and stuff like that. It's amazing. That's how we, we started to okay. yeah. Yeah. the skate parks and stuff. I mean, yeah. food. That's not, but it's really great. I mean, it's fantastic. It, it will be a tremendous experience for you. Yeah. And so eventually you want to go into the prisons and stuff like that, that you're working on that too also. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have the applications in uh, over there for ISCI. And we do know some of those people, so they listen to the show, and let's make sure that we make that work. And anything I can do to help, we'll be happy to to do that. What kind of stuff will you do when you go in? What you envision your program like? So, um, you know, I, re- I remember when I was in, um, you know, people would come in, they would just read the Word of God uh, to us and just kind of have a discussion, you know, it was, and it was always about like half an hour, maybe 45 minute type thing. I just feel like if I can go in there, share my story, who I am, share the Word of God with these people, um, it can it can show them some positivity, you know. Like one of the things I remember being incarcerated when someone, the, the, it just so happened that, that any of the pastors that had come in to preach to us, they had never they had they just had never gone through anything, you know. Um, I didn't I I didn't discredit them right away, but there was a lot of inmates that were like, oh, they have no idea what I've gone through. So Jesus to them wouldn't be to me because that they've never been where I'm at, you know. 
So just telling these guys, man, I've been there. I've been, I've walked that yard, you know, I've sat there, you know, with many, you know, in a, in a day room full of 200 people and you're trying to use the restroom and, you know, you're trying to get on the phone or write a letter. I felt the pain. I know it. And God changed me. You know what I mean? I, I've had a great job since I've been out here in Idaho. You know, I've, I've got, you know, a drone license, which I didn't even think when I wrote to the FAA, you know, you have to explain your whole background and everything. I just wrote every single thing I've done. I didn't hold out a thing. And I told them that if they would just look past it and give me a chance, you know, I'd really appreciate it. And, you know, it, it was funny because all of my coworkers were getting a response in like a week, two weeks time. It took them 72 days to get back to me for mine. And I, th- I thought I was that they had counted me out, you know, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to look for a new job. But the Lord came through, you know, I got my license and I just want to show inmates in there it, so much. The sky's the limit with the Lord. You know, you can get out of there and any job that almost any job, you know, can is obtainable. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I was, you don't know this, but I was a part in 2005 to 2007, part of a faith-based program, which was very unusual, and it was at a maximum custody facility, and I did the same thing. I applied to graduate school from that facility to get into NNU, and everybody looked at me like, you got to be good, and I go, well, hey, who knows, and it, it did took it longer, but they, they let me in, Yeah. and so everybody was surprised. I think it's just a matter of, you have to have those stories and go forward and uh, find your path, and uh, this is a delight that you were able to come on us. I think that we've uh, we've started a good friendship, and I think we'll go forward. You don't, the you guys listening to us don't know, but I met him through one of our staff, and I think it's just absolutely powerful that Amen. you've come on, and you're going to be able to be an influence and do some work with us too as you build your organization. Yeah, thank you. How do we reach you? Let's talk about how we reach you real fast. Okay, yeah, you can reach me at Jesse at LifeByDeathMovement dot com. Good deal. Um, I'm, we're also on Facebook. You know, you can leave a message there at Life by Death Movement on Facebook and on Instagram, and uh, we'll, we try to reach out to those messages as well. Email is kind of a more direct way if you want to contact me. And um, yeah, set up a meeting, man. Set up some coffee, some coffee time. Let's go have some coffee and let's read the Word of God together. Hey, listen, I really appreciate you coming on today. Like I said, I think that this is something that's going to be very powerful for both of us, and I appreciate you taking the time to do so. Oh, uh, thanks for having me, Mark. chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity have been broken by grace so free when he poured out his cleansing motivated by his great love give me faith I need to rise above and sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Okay, so that's uh, one of the great things that I get to do is to talk to different people like Jesse, and this is absolutely fantastic. You got to hear that and experience that. If you need to reach him and you didn't get his email address, you can reach out to me and I'll be happy to help. You can reach me at www.systemicchangeofid.com. Uh, we also can be reached at Systemic Change of Idaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook with Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram at Systemic Change of ID. 
Man, you can even call me on the phone if you want to at area code 208-477-1006. Look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.